drama, it feeds my soul. Give me that conflama, especially if it's old. Give me all that drama made to last. Give me all that drama straight up out of the past. Give me all that drama straight up out of Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Dead Drama. I hope you're all doing well um, during isolation. I've been doing alright actually. Most days have been quite positive. I did have a bit of a bad day the other day. I was hungover though so it was very self-inflicted. And do you know when you're just feeling emotional so you watch things that makes you feel more emotional on purpose because you just want to be an emotional bitch. I started my morning by watching the film Steel Magnolias which always makes me cry anyway but it made me cry more than I've ever cried before. I had to pause it. I couldn't see because of the tears. I was just like really crying. So I had to pause the film to like enjoy my cry and then when the film was done I watched loads of like old x-factor auditions and loads of old Britain's Got Talent auditions when the contestants like got a yes on their audition and they just start crying with happiness and then I started crying because I was so like happy for them. It was just a very emotional day but then I watched a Missy Elliott documentary and that just made me feel like empowered and I was like no stop crying you can do everything and now I feel normal again but um yeah I really enjoyed that Missy Elliott documentary She's just a powerful woman but that's not what we're talking about today um another powerful woman is Catherine the Great <laughs> I really what a great link um, I'm quite proud of myself I'm going to be talking about Catherine the Great. She was the Empress of Russia. So I will be saying quite a few Russian names that I might pronounce wrong. So apologies in advance because, you know, I'm pretty dyslexic. So my English isn't even on top form, if I'm being honest. The thing that I record the podcast on... I was saying the name of it wrong for weeks until I was on the phone to my friend and she corrected me like the other day. I thought it was called Audio Sitter. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm just using Audio Sitter. Apparently it's Audacity. I might get a few Russian names wrong and I'm so sorry if I do. To be honest, some of the names I can read actually. Uh, Well, some of them I definitely can, but you know... I'll give it me best, as always. Um, so anyway, let's crack on. So there's going to be lots and lots of juicy drama in this one, I promise. Catherine the Great, oh, what a woman. She became the Empress of Russia, but she wasn't even Russian. She was born in Poland. Yes, she was a royal, but there wasn't like high up royals. There wasn't the shit or anything like that. So nobody could foresee Catherine getting such a high role as the Empress of Russia. And that's why it's such a great story of like how she got there and how she kept that role. 
Her real name wasn't even Catherine. She was born Sophie, but I'll get to the name change in a little while. By all accounts, she got on with her dad really well, but he was like in the army, was away a lot. Her mum was a bit of a dickhead. She thought the world centred around her and she wasn't very nice to Sophie. But Sophie was really well educated. She's very clever. She was quite strong-willed from being such a kid. When she was hanging about with her friends, she was always like the leader. She was quite funny. She had a really good personality. So Catherine kept diaries and all the documentaries and podcasts and stuff that I listened to. They all referred to it as her memoirs. But I just can't say that without feeling like a dickhead. So she kept diaries. When she was younger, nobody had given her the birds and the bees talk. She doesn't really know what goes where or what to do or what things are for, you know. Um, But she's realising that she's starting to get, like, quite sexual. So there's a story of when she's 13... Obviously, she doesn't know about, like, masturbation or anything like that because nobody's told her. What he said she did in her diary is that she would mount her pillow like she's straddling a horse and she would just do that until she fell asleep. I think most people in isolation at the moment are just wanking themselves to sleep, though. It's better than taking a tablet, so... Another thing about her early life in her diaries is she had a few cheeky snogs with her uncle, which is just weird. I don't know. I'm starting to realise the more of these I'm going to do, every other episode, someone's going to have kissed or shagged a cousin or whatever, but an uncle, ugh. That's even worse. It's just weird. Her uncle was 10 years older than her. Apparently, they didn't have sex. She referred to it as innocent. Um, Yeah, you know, you got your tongue in your uncle's mouth. That isn't innocent. That's a bit fucking dodgy, but okay. So it says about kissing the uncle, but they don't have sex. But every now and then they had a cheeky snog. And then no other information. It's like the uncle just fell off the end of the earth. He's like, I need the end to the story. So that's it. They just kissed and then just never spoke about it. You're fucking joking. I hate it when you get like gossip and you only get half the story. And you're like, oh, you shouldn't have told me anyway. Because now I'm just going to make the ending up on my own. And it's going to be so much where someone will get shot or something so in her adolescence she meets a load of different suitors and this is when she's like really young she meets peter the third who will go on to become her husband straight away she's like he's minging i don't like him but all of a sudden there's a coup there's like a big plot there's a new person on the throne elizabeth petrovna this boy who Catherine thought was like really dweeby and ugly, he's the only male heir in Elizabeth's family. So actually, he becomes quite a good suit. Joanna, Catherine's... I keep mixing up Catherine and Sophie. She's Sophie when she's younger. She's Catherine when she's older. Joanna, Sophie's mum, gets a letter saying, right, pack your bag, bring your daughter. Empress Elizabeth wants to have a look at her to see if she's all right for Peter. Sophie and her mum Joanna go to meet Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Sophie get chatting. They're getting on. I think Elizabeth thinks she's quite smart and funny. So Elizabeth gives her advisors the nod and then that's it. That means she's approved and she's marrying Peter. Peter and Sophie start studying together. Neither of them are Russian. He was from Germany. So they're both learning Russian. They know that they're going to have to change to the Orthodox religion. So they're learning that. Peter doesn't really like Russia at all. And he's supposed to become the emperor of Russia when Elizabeth dies. So it's not really the best attitude, to be honest. But Sophie's really trying. All of her tutors love her. She's doing great. 
but then she gets really ill, she gets pneumonia, which in those days was like a death sentence, but she pulled through it because she's hard as nails, like Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, she's fucking rock solid. But while Sophie was ill in bed, her mum was like, oh, I'll get a priest to come to the bed, and she was like, no, get, get a Russian Orthodox priest, and that was the best decision, because that showed Elizabeth that she was really serious about this. So as soon as she got better, they were sorting the wedding plans out. Actually, while Sophie was ill, they were thinking she was about to die. They already started finding somebody else for Peter. Luckily, Sophie survived, so that bitch fucked off. But still, like, the heartless sees royals. I mean, I know that they have to talk about succession and having babies to, like, secure the throne or whatever, but bloody heartless, she's not even dead. And you're thinking, oh, well, she might die. We need to replace her straight away. She's still breathing. Give her a chance. Bloody heartless bastards. So Peter and Sophie got married. And then when they got married, Elizabeth made a change of name to Katerina or Catherine. So that's when she became Catherine. On Catherine's and Peter's wedding night, they were sat at the top table with Elizabeth and Joanna... Catherine's mum was fuming she was like I should be sat up there you know she's an attention seeker and she wants it all about her so she's fuming and she kicks off like why aren't I sat on this table and then Elizabeth's like that's very rude I'm gonna teach you a lesson and she makes Joanna go and sit in a room on her own and you could just see her through a glass wall so she was just watching everybody else enjoy the party Elizabeth's like yeah Joanna know your place I'm the empress Zip your mouth before I knock you out, you stupid knobhead. So on the night of the wedding, the tradition is that the ladies in waiting all get Catherine dressed up because this is when she's going to lose her virginity. So she gets taken to the ceremonial bed chamber and she's all ready. She's just sat there waiting for Peter. She's waiting and waiting and waiting. He turns up a couple of hours later, half cut, absolutely bladdered to be honest just conks out on the bed and they didn't even end up banging. So they didn't have sex on the wedding night. When they moved in together, they moved into a palace, but they lived in different dorms. And apparently Peter was an absolute nightmare, just pissing off all the servants because he was just bladdered and he wouldn't shut the fuck up talking. And then sometimes he'll just bounce into Catherine's room absolutely bladded just chatting pure shit and she hated him she really hated him he wasn't a nice person and she completely wasn't sexually attracted to him she wasn't sexually attracted to him at all but then he got smallpox and it like scarred all of his face and then she wrote in her diaries oh bloody hell he's even uglier now well yeah i'm paraphrasing but the point is she just wasn't really attracted to him at all you know looks aren't everything but worst of all, he was a dickhead. He was a drunk. He was loud, annoying. And also he'd play with like wooden toy soldiers in his bed. So he'd be absolutely pissed out of his brain. And with these toy soldiers, he'd just be like, stab, stab, pow, 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 pow. It's like, wow, you're not seven. What the fuck are you doing, dickhead? I'm naked. Come on, shag me. But they just didn't shag. 
Peter and Catherine wasn't having sex, but they was getting a lot of pressure off Elizabeth because they needed another successor for after them two. So Elizabeth was fuming. She was like, come on, you guys need to bang. Peter had a lover and so did Catherine in the palace. So Peter was on his half of the palace and he had a lover and Catherine was on her half of the palace and she had a lover. Catherine's lover was Serge Saltikov. I hope I said that right. I got dead sweaty palms when I was saying it. If, if, if you're Russian and I've said it wrong, please don't get offended. Apparently, Peter actually encouraged Catherine's affair as well. And she did get pregnant. And in her memoirs, I feel weird saying that word because I know it is different from a diary because it's more like memories and diary as you write it there and then. But I don't know, memoirs, it just makes me want to be sick in my mouth. So in a memory book, she did allude to the fact that Serge was the father of the baby. So the baby was Paul and he would go on to be the successor after Catherine. Yeah, so the big conspiracy theory is that Serge was the actual dad, not Peter. And Peter knew this because they wasn't having sex. And there's rumours that Elizabeth knew it, but it was like, I don't care, we just won't tell anyone, we'll just pretend it's Peter's, let's crack on. She did end up getting pregnant again, but that baby ended up dying quite young. Serge got sent away. I've just had to pause it and then look at Google again. I think it might be Sergey. I don't know. Oh, Sergey. Oh my God, I'm thick as shit. I'm just going to carry... Well, I'll call him Sergey. 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 Right. Let me... It's S-E-R-G-E-I. Sergey? Sergey. Oh my God, Sergey. Right. So we'll call him Sergey. Anyway, Sergei got a different job and he had to move away for a bit. So Catherine was on her own again in this palace with Peter. Not long after Sergei left, Catherine met one of the guys that would become one of the big loves of her life, Grigory Orlov. He was supposed to be executed. He didn't really say what for. He must have done something wrong. But Peter was planning on, like, you know, getting him killed. And there was a line of people who was getting killed. And the guy before him, you know, knelt down, had his head chopped off. And then Grigory came over and he just was so not asked that he just kicked the head that was on the floor from the guy who was chopped before him, knelt down and was like, come on, let's get on with it. Peter was so impressed by this that he pardoned him. He was like, God, we can't kill you. You're fearless, you're like Jackie Chan. He was like, right, we're not going to kill you. He was kept alive and then Catherine just kind of fell in love with him. But Grigory Orlov and his brothers are really vital in Catherine's story. But before we get to why, I just need to take it back a little bit. Elizabeth died on Christmas Day and Peter and Catherine both went to the funeral and Catherine was like really heartbroken publicly, really crying so the Russian people could see that she cared about Elizabeth and she was just so upset. But Peter acted like a knobhead for the whole funeral and it really pissed off the Russian people. He was not liked by the Russian people, by anybody, by the church, by anybody. But Catherine was really starting to get the people on board. 
one of the worst decisions Peter made just after Elizabeth died was that he ordered a pause on the war against Prussia just as Russia were about to win. Everyone in Russia was fuming with him. Whereas Catherine publicly was doing really well and everybody was starting to like her. There's also rumours that by this time, just as Elizabeth was like dying and that Peter was living in one side of the palace and Catherine was living in the other, that she got pregnant again and it was like a secret baby. And they wasn't even speaking, even though they lived in the same palace, that she kept the pregnancy and then as soon as the baby was born, like hushed the baby away. And at one point, Peter ordered for Catherine to be arrested, but he didn't really go through. And then that's when she was like, right, I need to hatch a plan because I'm not safe. Even though I'm married to him, he's going to try and get rid of me as soon as possible. So she was like, I need to make myself empress and get rid of him. So she hatched a plan with the help of Grigory and his brothers, the Arlov brothers. Peter got hold of one of... Catherine's advisors, like one of her glam squad, the people who were like, you know, dead close to her. So then she thought, oh no, this person might tell Peter that we're planning a coup behind his back. So she just ran straight to the Orthodox Church and to like the army generals and to everybody with any power to say, listen, Peter needs to be stepped down. You know he's not good to be an emperor. I'm going to overthrow him. And everybody chose Catherine's side because Peter was a knobhead. And this is why it's good to be nice to people. Catherine orders Peter to get taken into custody. Peter, while he's in custody, writes a formal letter stating that he's giving up his titles and surrendering it over to Catherine. So that's how she became the empress. So then Peter gets taken away to like another palace but like out of the capital and like away from everybody else and that's his prison and she just ghosted him, took his title and then just ghosted him. It's like the film First Wives Club with Bette Midler, Diane Keaton and Goldie Hawn, absolute classic. It's kind of like that. What's the saying in that film where it's don't get even, get everything? Something like that. God, I feel like if I've got that quote wrong, I'm just going to get a load of angry gays at my front door. So here comes something very dramatic. Peter is killed, assassinated by Alexis Orlov, Catherine's lover's brother. Now, there's two sides to this story. One side is either Catherine ordered it because she was like, Peter needs to be out of the way. We need to get him out of the way. Or that Catherine wasn't really involved and that Alexis and the Olaf brothers was like, well, if I kill Peter, then my brother can marry Catherine and then he can become emperor. But Catherine was like, I'm not remarrying. I'm running this place on my own back the fuck off. I don't know which I believe. I don't know if Catherine did have him killed. I don't know. Both of them are so possible. I, I think that she probably did have him killed because she knows that with him still there, it's not safe. So I do believe that she had it done, but she didn't say that she did and she's not taking responsibility for it. She's saying that she didn't know. This is one of the annoying things about history because you're like, oh, I just really, really want to know and none of us are ever going to know. But it's like, I think she... I've, I think she did it. I think she arranged for it to be done. 
Catherine had many lovers. She didn't really stay with any of them for too long, but she did have quite a lot of lovers, but she treated them very well. But when she got bored of them, a lot of the time she'd give some of them titles, land, she'd give pensions for life so she was a really good person to sleep with like if you want to be a gold digger go shag Catherine the Great because she treated all of her ex-lovers brilliantly. One of her lovers Stanisar August Konostaske again I hope I said that right when she ended her relationship with him she actually helped him become king of Poland and Lithuania and she supported that, and he wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for her, so she was a really good person to have sex with, she didn't really hold any grudges, well she did maybe, you know, like kill her husband, but apart from that, you know, everyone else she had sex with, she stayed friends, gave them loads of stuff, was really good, and some of the lovers, when she was finished with them, would suggest, like, other men for her. It seems like a very forward-thinking, like, kind of chilled situation. Catherine's main lady-in-waiting, Praskovia Bruce, one of her main jobs as Catherine's lady-in-waiting was to test-run the men that Catherine wanted to have sex with. So Catherine would eye someone up and then say to Bruce be a pal and shag him and tell me if it's worth it, which is, you know, such a good friend, well, she she wasn't a friend really, it was a job, which is quite sad, Um, hopefully she wanted to do it, I don't think any of my friends would do anything like that for me though, but when I lived with my friend Tora, she did used to shave my bum hole, which was helpful, because I couldn't get there myself, and yeah, she did, um, and she's waxed it, now I have to put like a mirror on like the bath floor and like hover over it. It's quite dangerous actually. Some sort of weird circus skill. But yeah, Bruce used to do that for Catherine. But then she got sacked. Catherine sacked her off because she actually grew attached to one of the men. And Catherine didn't like that. She was like, no, you're supposed to just have sex with them to see if I'll like them. You're not supposed to actually fall in love with them. So then... Catherine got a bit jealous and sacked her off, which is fucking harsh. You can't make someone have sex with someone. It's just disgusting. Catherine had tables in a house where the the table legs were like naked men. And she had paintings of like naked people. And she was very forward in that. She wasn't, she never hid that part of her life, which, you know, she was open about it. But she really was a great ruler. She did so much for the country and just brought the country so forward. So it was like equal to a lot of the Western countries. She opened banks. She started printing paper notes because they was using metal coins before and it wasn't, it didn't work as well. So um, she brought in quite a lot of immigrants, especially from Germany to boost like the agricultural side and teach farmers the newer way to farm she did do a lot for russia and that's why she's called catherine the great she reigned for 34 years she didn't want her son paul to be the next successor she wanted her grandson instead because she thought paul was a bit too much like his dad and he was a bit of a dick but and she was planning to try and change all that but it didn't come to fruition because she died 
before it happened she woke up one morning and she had a breakfast and then she had a stroke while she was sat on a commode a bit like Elvis and then the next day she went into a coma and she died at the age of 67 and her son Paul did end up being a successor but he was actually assassinated a couple years later and the grandson that she wanted did come into power so at the end of the day she kind of got what she wanted but her son did die but I don't know if she'd have been that asked. so that was Catherine the Great thank you so much everybody for listening I do really appreciate it it's dead nice I'm getting quite a lot of messages asking like oh when are you doing the next one I'm gonna from now on plan to do one once a week so put it out like every Thursday or Friday so if you are enjoying them I'm gonna carry on doing them so don't worry about that also I feel like I want to apologize for last week because I know the sound was a little bit quieter halfway through like last week's episode and that's because somebody told me that if you're recording it at home and you want to make the sound quality better you put like a duvet over you and the microphone well I was and I did that but what I didn't realize while I was recording it is I was just chatting so much shit that I didn't notice the duvet had collapsed in between my mouth and the microphone so it really wasn't helpful so I won't do that again when I do like stand up there's a technician and stuff I just turn up grab a microphone and chat shit I've never pretended to be a big tech whiz so I am kind of learning on the job so thank you so much for that but I do feel like it's improving oh my god I'm like begging for your approval so Oh, what else did I want to say? Oh, oh yeah, this is it. I know that I've done three women on the trot. That was by accident, just because I love women. I am going to mix it up and do some blokes and stuff. And people have been sending suggestions, which is great. If you want to do that, I'll make a list. So to summarise, thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend if you think they'll like it. Just say, oh, listen to this, you'll like it. And also I got told, oh, you need to get people to subscribe on iTunes. I don't know why. Maybe it helps with algorithms. I'm not a mathematician. But if you're listening on iTunes, just click subscribe and maybe give it a five star. And I think that might make more people listen. We'll see. So that was this episode of Dead Drama. My name's Josh Jones. Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend. Bye, 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 bye. I love drama. It feeds my soul. Give me that conflama, especially if it's old. Give me all that drama made to last. Give me all that drama straight up out of the past. Give me all that drama straight up out of